Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse was the very famous pastor at the very famous 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he told the story of a man who was once sailing from England to America. Before this man boarded the ship, he put his hand in his pocket and he found there all the money that he had in the world. And so he decided that on this trip, he would economize and not spend money on food. And so he decided to go buy some cheese and crackers enough that would last him for the voyage. And this he did. Of course, on the voyage, the man became hungry. And to make matters worse, the dampness of the sea air made the crackers soft and the cheese hard. You know, not good. In addition to that, the man could smell the food that the, the, the stewards were taking and to the other passengers on the ship. And so it became unbearable for him. And finally, the man decided, I'm going to have one good meal on this ship if it takes everything I have. And so he asked the steward, he said, how much would it cost for me to eat dinner in the dining room tonight? And the steward asked the man, well, do you have a ticket for the voyage? So the man took out his ticket. Yeah, I have a ticket for the voyage. And the steward told him, well, all your meals are included in the price of the ticket. So this poor man, double whammy, right? He spent money on cheese and crackers that he didn't need. And he went hungry when he could have eaten as much as he wanted at every single meal. Now, here's my question. How many of us in this room live like cheese and cracker Christians? We live meagerly. We minister. We reach out to others meagerly. Because we don't realize that we serve a God of abundance. Well, here's the good news this morning. We don't need to live like that anymore, right? Get your ticket out. If you're a believer in Christ, you don't have to live like that. And so this morning, I want us to celebrate that our God is a God of abundance. And to celebrate means to publicly proclaim, to say it out loud. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to say to you, our God is a God of abundance, And you're going to say to me, our God is a God of abundance. Why don't you go ahead and try that? You ready? Our God. And then we're going to say it together. You ready? Our God is a God of abundance. See, we've got to celebrate that. We have to publicly acknowledge that. Otherwise, we might begin to believe other things about God. That God is a meager God, a cheese and cracker God. And if he is that way, then so is his kingdom. And then we might begin to expect, instead of great things from God and the advance of his kingdom, meager things. And we don't want to do that. You and I this morning and tomorrow and the next day, we need to live our lives and we need to minister like we believe that our God is a God of abundance. That's what we're going to consider this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 33. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'll ask you to turn the Old Testament to Deuteronomy 33. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the pew in front of you. And when you've found your place, I'm going to ask you to stand so that we can hear read together the true word of the living God. Deuteronomy chapter 33, beginning in verse 1. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, pronounced on the Israelites before his death. And now verse 24. About Asher, he said, Most blessed of sons is Asher. 
Let him be favored by his brothers, and let him bathe his feet in oil. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, and your strength will be equal to your days. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you as always. Week by week, day by day, hour by hour, we thank you for your word, that it's truth. We thank you for your spirit within us that works together with the truth of your word to reveal who you are to us, to reveal who we are to ourselves, to show us how it is that we should live our lives and who we should be as we're living them. So, Father, for that vision this morning, we, we seek you as we come to your word. Bless us, grow us, change us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Asher is not the last son of Jacob, but he is the last son or the last tribe to receive a blessing from Moses. The Spirit of God determined that it would be that way. The Spirit of God determined that these people gathered on the plains of Moab, before they enter the promised land, the last blessing that they're going to hear among these tribes is a blessing of joy and abundance. And that's what the name Asher means. It means happiness or joy or blessedness. When Asher was born, his mother Leah said, Happy am I, for women will call me blessed. And so she named him Asher. So here's the joy. Asher's father Jacob, before Jacob died as he was blessing his sons, said this to Asher. Asher's food will be rich. He will provide delicacies fit for a king. And so here is the abundance, the joy and the abundance. And so this last blessing on Asher reflects the heart of God and his determination to bless his people with joy and abundance in their new life in the new land that he is giving to them. Last week we started looking at this blessing on Asher. By the way, please don't throw anything at me, but We're not going to finish again this week. Everybody okay with that? Even if you're not, too bad. So last week we started looking at this blessing and we saw that that Asher is going to be blessed with the favor of his brothers. It's a work that God is going to do so that Asher and this tribe, they find favor in the eyes of all the other tribes. They find welcome, they find acceptance, they find that the other tribes want to be near them, want to be with them, take pleasure in being around Asher. Now that's going to feel really good for Asher. Always feels good when people like you and when people want to be around you. But beyond the personal blessing that it is to Asher, Asher's also going to have this huge responsibility to use this blessing for the Lord. To use the blessing to advance the kingdom of God on earth. And that's the prayer we're to pray every day, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, advance your kingdom. And so how is Asher going to to, to do that? Well, as others seek out the company of Asher, Asher's going to have an opportunity. Because he's going to have their ear, these people like him. And he's going to have an opportunity to, to point them to the Lord. And in conversation to speak about the things of the Lord with these people. And so we're encouraged last week to see that healthy relationships, where favor is extended and where favor is received, 
Those relationships provide fertile ground where the gospel flourishes and the kingdom grows. And so we talked about looking in our lives for those relationships. And we called them people of peace. People who enjoy being around you. People whose ear you have. An opportunity that you have to to live out the gospel in their presence. And to speak the words of the gospel to them. And so this is shaping up to be my new mantra for this year. As Will said earlier, we all know that we are a what? A family on mission together. (laughs) Whoa, that was pretty weak. We are what? Family on mission together, right? We're going to add to that people of peace. We're going to talk about that a lot this year. And please notice that I said people of peace and not program of peace. See, the evangelical Christian church has created this culture where we believe that there has to be a program. A program has to be in place to meet every single need. And I am not saying that programs are not effective. Programs can be effective. But what I'm saying is that while it is true that a program may not be in place for which you can sign up, There may not be a program in place that you can direct, but even if there is no program, there are people, right? There are always people. And you determine who those people are in your life by the choices you make, where you go and where you position yourself. Wherever that is that you choose to be, you will encounter people there. And here's the great thing. You will encounter them in that place As people, where they are, as they are, rich, poor, black, white, you will not encounter them as a participant in a program. And that's beautiful. Just people with people and the gospel. And if we think we aren't legit without a program, we're wrong. People and people and the gospel, it's powerful. Well, I'm preaching last week's sermon again. That's okay, right? (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) Listen, it is okay. It's necessary because we got to keep going, people. We have to keep moving forward. The kingdom has to advance whether they are programs or not. But what I want to do is to connect the dots between all we talked about last week and the verse that we're going to look at this morning. See, God gives you people of peace right? In your life. And what you do with those relationships, with those people of peace, spiritually speaking, will depend a great deal on your view of God. They could end up being hard, cheese, soft, cracker relationships. Spiritually speaking, if you are not seeking the Lord and asking the Lord, what next? And it's more likely that you will seek the Lord and that you will ask the Lord, What next when you remember that he is a God of abundance, that he is willing and able to richly bless that relationship for the good of that person and for his glory? And so we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning together reminding ourselves that our God is a God of abundance. That's who he is when we seek him. So look with me again at the second half of verse 24. It says there of Asher, 
let him bathe his feet in oil. Now, this is poetic, prophetic language that communicates abundance. On one level, in Asher's life, this tribe will experience material blessing. There'll be abundance. And we know that the land that Asher is going to inherit, uh, it flourishes with olive trees. And where there are olive trees, there is olive oil. We know, in fact, that the oil produced from the territory of Asher was the most famous olive oil in all of the land of Israel. And that's good news for Asher, right? Because olive oil is and was a staple of commerce. We have bottles of olive oil in our house. And let me tell you, right around the corner from this church, there's a store called Olive Oil. And they must have over 50 flavors of olive oil. And they have bread there. And you take the bread and you dip in the olive oil, and it's amazing, right? Olive oil, go around the corner. I did yesterday, I confess. I couldn't help it. I was... I needed to get up from my desk. I said, I'm going to go get some olive oil. Olive oil is always in demand. You know, in the ancient world, it was used for so much. For cooking, diet, it was used fuel for lamps. It was used on the skin and the hair as perfume for medicinal purposes, for rituals, royal rituals, spiritual rituals. Always olive oil was in need. And so all that to say, if you have a lot of olive oil, and if your olive oil is the very best, you are going to be really rich in such Is the case or will be the case for Asher. And so his father's blessing is confirmed. Asher's food will be rich. He will provide delicacies fit for a king. And so since Moses is writing here and speaking here in poetic language, we are invited to imagine abundance. Asher will bathe his feet in oil. What does that look like? Is it so much oil that when it's poured on the Head of Asher, it just flows down and so that it puddles ankle deep all around him. Is that the abundance? Or is it that the, that the vats that are placed at the base of these mountains where the olive trees grow, is it going to be that those vats are so full that they overflow so that the whole land is covered a foot deep in this beautiful golden oil? I don't know the answer to that question. But I think the invitation is here for you and for me to imagine abundance because our God is a God of abundance. We know that Asher will be required to steward his great wealth. Just like Mavis Wanchik, is that how you say her last name? Do you know who Mavis is? She won the lottery on Wednesday. The largest grand prize won by a single lottery ticket in U.S. history. You read about this, didn't you? Her lump sum payment after taxes on the $758 million jackpot is $336 million. Go Mavis. Mavis said this, I had a pipe dream and my pipe dream finally came true. But here's what I think. I think her new goal for her life is a bigger pipe dream than winning the lottery. Here's what she said, Mavis. Now, I just want to be alone and just be able to be me. Well, good good luck with that, right? Now that everyone you know or have ever known knows, 
And multiple millions of people that you don't know know that you have $336 million. Stewarding resources is a huge responsibility. And so it's going to be for Asher, those who bathe their feet in oil. They will be required to be good stewards of the resources that God has blessed them with. Always they'll have to ask themselves, Lord, how can these resources be used to advance your kingdom on earth? Lord, how can these resources be used to promote you so that the knowledge of your glory covers the earth as waters cover the sea? How can these resources, Lord, be used to care for the poor and the alien and the widow and the orphan as you have commanded? These are tough questions that must be asked and answered. Whether you have 100 extra dollars or a thousand extra dollars or a million or a hundred million or 336 million constantly. We have to be asking the Lord, what next? What do I do with the resources you have entrusted to me, O God, of abundance? But the material abundance, which is certainly promised here, is not the entire story. Because there are spiritual realities associated with this blessing as well. And if we really wanted to do justice to just this one verse and this abundance of oil, we could spend weeks of sermons on it. We're not going to. But we could because in Scripture, oil is representative of so many things. It represents unity. Psalm 133 Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head and running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. How easy to spend an entire sermon talking about unity in the body of Christ. We are united in Christ. We are united for him. And the progress of his kingdom until the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as waters cover the sea. But we're not going to talk about unity. Oil also represents joy. Psalm 45, God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. To give them the oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. We could spend weeks pondering the oil of joy. The life of joy. The expression of joy. Joy is our inheritance from the Lord. But we're not going to do that either. This morning I want us to talk about oil as a symbol of the Spirit of God. And that's the overarching symbol anyway, when you think about it. It's only the Spirit of God that can bring unity among people as diverse as we are. And we're not even that diverse. Imagine if we were racially, economically diverse, how we would depend on the Spirit to unify us and make us one. Obviously, it's only the Spirit of God that can bring joy In this world in which we live, just read the headlines from this week. So the good news for us this morning is that we have the Spirit of God. And that God gives His Spirit in abundance. Let Him bathe His feet 
and oil. And God wants us to know that He's a God of abundance. There's abundance of His Spirit so that we live out of that abundance and we minister out of that abundance. And so God throughout Scripture gives us a lot of pictures just so we don't miss the point. Let's look at a couple of them. One, this vivid vision that God gives to the prophet Zechariah. He has this vision and he records what he saw in chapter 4. Zechariah says, Then the angel who talked with me returned, woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. He asked, What do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. And there are also two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl, the other on the left. And two olive branches pour into two gold pipes that pour out golden oil. So you get the idea of abundance. This lamp stand that Zechariah sees is not like a menorah that we see during Hanukkah with seven lights. No, this lamp stand has seven lights, and each of those seven lights had seven channels all flowing with olive oil from this bowl of oil that the olive trees produce oil in. And so the idea is this abundance of oil flowing through every channel to keep the lights burning. Now here's the context of that vision. God gives the vision to reinforce the truth. And here's the truth that God follows that vision with. He says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And so through this vision, God is picturing the abundance of his spirit by which and through which his will is accomplished. Let him bathe his feet in oil. Of course, in Zechariah's day, and Asher's day, and for you and for me, material resources are needed to advance the kingdom and to live our lives. But the point is they are insufficient to accomplish what God wants accomplished. We must have the Spirit of God. And the good news is that God gives His Spirit in abundance that embathe his feet in oil. Zechariah tells us so. So does Isaiah. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Joel tells us the same thing. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Fast forward to the New Testament. John chapter 7. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive abundance. A special feature of this feast that John refers to is that every day of the seven-day feast, a specially appointed priest went with this multitude of people to the pool of Siloam with a golden pitcher 
And there he would fill up the pitcher with water, and the whole crowd would return through the water gate, and they would go back into the temple. And they would go to the altar, and the group would circle the altar, and the priest would pour the water into this magnificent silver basin. Well, on the last day of the seven days, the altar wasn't just circled once and the water poured once, but seven times. And so there was abundance of water being poured out. And while that water was being poured out, that's the moment that Jesus stood and said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And so what a dramatic moment, right? Flowing water flowing life, flowing spirit from our God of abundance who can satisfy abundant spiritual thirst. A second feature of the feast was the lighting of the candles. There were four golden candlesticks placed in the temple, 75 feet high. Look up. It's a lot higher than this room is, 75 feet. And at the top of every golden candlestick, there was a golden bowl. And so a ladder was leaned up against the the bowl, and a young priest, I wouldn't qualify, has to shimmy up the ladder with 10 gallons of oil. And so 10 gallons of oil are poured in those bowls, and then they use the worn-out priestly garments as a wick, and they would light the oil in the lamp, and it would burn. And according to a testimony from that day, it said, the light was so bright that there was no courtyard in Jerusalem that was not lit up with the light. Now listen, while these brightest lights are blazing with this abundance of light, Jesus stands up in the temple, the very place where the lights are burning, and guess what he says? You know what he says. I am the light of the world. Isn't that great? These huge lights... And this abundance of oil and these candles, they are not the light of the world. Jesus is. And so God is making it really difficult for us to miss the point. He is a God of abundance. Let him bathe his feet in oil. And that abundance and this blessing even on Asher finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ and his spirit living within us. And you will not know true abundance in your life. And I'm telling you what I know. You will not know true abundance in your life if you do not by faith know Jesus Christ. Give it up. True abundance you will never know. Christ, the living water, only he can satisfy your needs. Christ The light of the world. He is the only one who can show you the way out of darkness and turmoil and confusion that marks our lives. He's the only one who can light your way and provide a way of escape. So we are without excuse. Asher, Isaiah, Joel, Zechariah, Jesus all tell us the same thing. Our God is a God of abundance. Now, sometimes we're slow to get the message. That's okay. We're in good company. So are the disciples. 
Jesus asked them once, Why are you talking about having no bread? The disciple, no bread, no bread, no bread. We don't have any bread. Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. Abundance, right? Jesus fed thousands and thousands upon thousands of people and still there was more left over. Let him bathe his feet in oil. The Apostle Paul writes, as we read earlier this morning, Now to him who was able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. More than we ask or imagine. Abundance. Let him bathe his feet in oil. When the Spirit of God joined the preaching of the gospel on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were saved. Let him bathe his feet in oil. Philippians 4, which is actually what we read this morning. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let him bathe his feet in oil, all your needs, abundant supply. So here's the question, what are your needs? Are they personal needs? Are they kingdom needs? Is there a balance in your life between personal needs and kingdom needs? For sure, we are to pray about all things. Scripture says so. So pray, truly pray about your personal needs, your personal pains. Pray to the God of abundance about all of these things. He wants you to. He welcomes you to. Because when you pray to him, you acknowledge that he alone is the God of abundance who can satisfy that need. But balance those prayers With prayers for the kingdom need as well. Lord, I need you to bring people of peace into my life. I need a person of peace. Lord, I need you to show me what to do next with that person. Lord, will you direct my steps with your wisdom? Lord, I need your help in community group. Lord, our church needs your help for this ministry or that ministry. Lord, pour out your blessing and abundant spirit as we seek to minister. For your glory. See, the last truth that God wants his people to hear and these blessings of the tribes before they enter the promised land is that he is a God of abundance. So say it with me again. Our God is a God of abundance. You ready? Our God is a God of abundance. So let us bathe our feet in oil. Let's repent of cheese and cracker living and ministering because we know that God has a feast for us. Let us bathe our feet in oil. 
We don't need to minister. We don't need to live in our own strength, but in the strength of the Spirit of Jesus that flows like a river within us, let us bathe our feet in oil. We don't need to pray meager prayers, but prayers seeking abundance as we seek to advance the kingdom of God on earth. Let us bathe our feet in oil. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Just thank you that you are a God who seeks to bless. And week after week, Lord, we've read these blessings that you have spoken over these tribes. Blessings that they will use together in the land where you have placed them. Lord, both to know you and to make you known. Lord, thank you that you bless us as well, that you are a God of abundance. And you have richly blessed us. Most importantly, Lord, with the gift of eternal life. Lord, you are the living water. You are the light of the world. Thank you for revealing that to our hearts. Father, for those who are here this morning that may not yet have come to that realization. Oh, God of abundance, we pray for them. Spirit of God, we pray that even in this moment you would be at work in their hearts and their lives. Father, reveal to them that you and you alone can satisfy the deepest need within them. You are the living water. You can quench that thirst. Father, reveal to them, even in this moment, God of abundance, that you, Lord Jesus, are the light of the world. You are the way out of darkness. You are the light. So, Father, reveal that to people. Bring them into your kingdom. Father, bless us abundantly, we pray, as we seek to advance your kingdom. Father, minister that oil of gladness to our own hearts and souls. May it wash over us, Lord, healing hurts and wounds. Lord, pour out your oil upon us as well. We pray for the advancement of your kingdom. Bring into our lives people of peace so that we may minister to them with our actions and with our words, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, amaze us with the unexpected things that you do, things that we would never think to ask you for. Do them for us. And amaze us by your abundance, for we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.